Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of Dumpster Dive, an exploration of cult cinema. This is a brand new podcast uh, hosted by me, Patrick Marquardt, and with me is my co-host. Me, I'm Jordan. Jordan, my brother, and uh, we are going to be talking about a lot of weird movies on this podcast. Um, so first of all, uh, some introductory housekeeping. Um, Dumpster Dive, what's going on with that title, Jordan? Why, why is this a movie podcast? What, what is a dumpster dive? I explained it already. You, you explained it on our secret um, episode zero. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, which hopefully nobody but us has listened to. This is our official premiere episode, so you're just going to have to explain it all over again. Um, it is finding cheapo movies that have good value to them. Mm-hmm. In, say, a dumpster being like a an old used video store or something like that. Like yeah. a half-price books or... I don't even know where else. Uh, like exclusive company, yep. Mega Media Exchange. Yep, these are these are all uh, uh, video stores that that um, sell either new and or new and used uh, DVDs and Blu-rays um, that we frequent uh, here in Wisconsin. I tried to do it to kind of like recreate going to what a video store was like. There you go. Where you kind of go in, you don't know what the title they're going to have is. So you kind of just look around for something that interests you, like the cover of it, or like, oh, I've heard of this before, and right. check it out. But instead of renting it, you just buy it because it's dirt cheap now because all that physical media is right. cheap. Right. So Dumpster Dive uh, refers to uh, the the hunt for uh, good stuff. Yes, on, that's the important part of it too, is like the actual finding of it and the pursuing it. Yep, good stuff on DVD and Blu-ray. So what that means in terms of the podcast is um, basically the premise of this is going to be, you know, Jordan and I, we, we go on frequent dives um, and we're going to kind of pull some selections from our collections of movies that we found uh, while dumpster diving. And we are limiting ourselves to... Uh, actual physical discs that we find out in the wild um, I think for the most part we're gonna try could to... it be something that you rent though well like you know on, like an Amazon or it's something? an evolving premise yeah. I, I, I guess it's more of like a hunt if you're looking for like yeah physical... I, you, we're, we're gonna try to limit ourselves to stuff that we've actually come across um, that we've found and uh, we're gonna choose one of those movies to talk about uh, in each episode of dumpster dive um and that's that's kind of it yeah. um the i guess the other thing to talk about and i don't want the introduction to go on too long because i really want to get to our feature uh, which is a good one um but the other the other part of the title is the subtitle an exploration of cult cinema um and while we can talk about what a what a dumpster dive is we're not diving for like dramas or yeah you know, i mean well, you, technically could but we're sure. kind of going for the culty stuff well and that's and that's kind of my and what i think is i'm okay with being an open question over the course of this podcast is what what is a cult movie what what kinds of movies can people expect us to be talking about here on the podcast um you said probably not like a straight drama so i think it's it could be could but... be i think it's i think it's safe to say we'll be doing what could be called genre movies yeah. Um, quite frankly, I think we we chose the word cult, and we did kind of bat some some 
other subtitles back and forth. But I think ultimately we landed on the word cult because it gives us a wide enough net to yeah. talk about whatever we're interested in. Um, we're not exclusively going to be a horror movie podcast, although we almost certainly will talk about a lot of horror movies. Uh, we both really yes. like that genre. Um, horror and sci-fi take up a huge chunk of it. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we're also not out to look specifically for what could be called so bad they're good movies. We're, we're not. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're not. Even here, though tonight's movie is tonight a movie misleading. could actually fall into both categories. Um, but that's not our primary goal. We're not here to make fun of movies. We're not here to position ourselves as being better than the movies. Um, we're genuinely looking for real entertainment value. I will say that I am better than this movie. I am also better than this okay. movie. Um, <laughs> Just because it's being recorded, I'd like that for the record. Yeah, but no, that's, you know, we're not exclusively a horror movie podcast. We're not exclusively yes. a junk movie podcast. We are a cult movie podcast. Which this means is about, like, finding good stuff. Good like, stuff. The, the, the purpose of it is not to find, let's watch all the bad movies in the exactly. world. Like, that's... That's its own thing. We genuinely want to find quality, but a, a particular kind of quality. I, I just keep yeah. thinking of tonight's film as I as, as I hear us say we're looking for quality. We're but you can look good. at it like you can look <laughs> at it like what is the good quality of it's like find something nice to say about it. Absolutely. Even like the worst possible thing. That's yeah. kind of what it is. Or it's, so like the movie itself is a dumpster, and then there's also like a little something a good little, in there. Yeah, so. There's always something good to say about a bad movie. Yeah. So um, so hopefully that kind of makes sense. I think it will definitely make sense what we're doing here as we get rolling. Um, but yeah, that's that's Dumpster Dive. Um, a different movie every episode of the podcast. Um, after our discussion of the movie, we are going to hopefully give you guys a little bit of behind-the-scenes info on the movie, which is the part I really love, like figuring out where these movies came from, who made them. Some fun trivia thrown in there maybe. Uh, that's usually like part of the hunt. Absolutely. It's like doing all your research and then like what title finally pops up and you're like, oh, that's the one that I've heard about so absolutely, much about. Absolutely. And then um, I think we're, we're, we'll usually end these episodes with kind of a freeform discussion of anything else uh, that we've been watching or reading or interested in um, outside of the, the, the dumpster dive film. Somewhat related to cult. It's not just whatever. It's yeah. like something we'll try related. To keep, we'll try to rein it in, at least in these the first few episodes. Yeah. Um, That's so. the goal. Okay, well, I feel like that is enough of a rambling, uh, semi-coherent introduction. I'm anxious to get to our feature presentation. Um, Let's do, do it. Do you want to um, let everyone know the movie that we'll be discussing? Well, when we pick them, you explain that... Yeah, I explain. You so, come in with one. Yeah, I'll so one, yeah, so Jordan and I each have you know our own collections, our own kind of ideas about what we are interested in watching, talking about, revisit, sometimes revisiting, sometimes watching for the first time. So this is one of my picks. So this is a Jordan pick. Um, yep. Um, and uh, I I feel like I the anticipation is just like at a fever pit. So what's <laughs> chopping mall? It's chopping mall. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Way to build up to it. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, this one, you know, like I said, the what is a cult classic is kind of going to be like an open question over the course yes. of the podcast. But I think this firmly and very comfortably fits into the cult movie 
label. You yep. know, um, I've uh, this was the first time I we just watched this. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was the first time I had seen this, and you actually only saw this for the first time maybe. This a year is the ago. only the second time that I've seen it, and the first time was just a year ago uh-huh. when I bought it. I think I bought this one on Amazon. Okay. For super cheap. Okay. The, the dumpster that is Amazon. Yep. <laughs> it's a great dumpster. They I bought it just because I needed another horror movie because I'll watch like one a day during October for Halloween, and I needed one, and I'd never seen it before, and it's one that you always you've heard of forever or i had heard of you just know the title and i kind of knew a basic idea of what the movie was about but i never saw it so i watched it and i remembered really liking it i guess within a year i've forgotten a lot about it because it was all kind of coming back to me as i was watching yeah yeah um i had always just been aware of the title shopping mall and i knew of the movie um, it was quite some time before I came across a description of it, um, and and I realized it was about killer robots in a mall. Yeah, I knew that much of yeah, it at least because I mean that is the the title "Shopping Mall" is rather misleading because everything about this movie is misleading. Everything like, about the, the advertising the cover, which is fantastic, and as we get our social media up and rolling, I will definitely post. Um, some of the advertising. I think it had like various cover. covers, didn't it? Yeah. Well, the one I'm we're looking at here with the DVD that you brought over is um, it has um, the the title "Shopping Mall" in a classic kind of slasher movie. It's the Lionsgate release of it. Font, and then the poster is a, a great a painting drawing of uh, <laughs> like a robot, a robot's hand, like a humanoid robot's hand holding a red shopping bag and inside the shopping bag and like bursting out of the sides of the shopping bag are various dismembered body parts um and none of this is in the movie maybe the shopping bag i don't think i don't even think there's a, it does take there place might not in a be mall, a shopping bag but there are not humanoid robots there's no chopping it is not a slasher it is a mall so which of us wants to do the description of what this movie is is about it's this one's pretty easy to summarize. yeah okay i can summarize it okay uh it's a bunch of kids or couples like they're teenagers i guess it's kind of like one of those things where they're older playing younger right but it's like yeah what is it young people it's four couples i think there's four couples um they're they lock themselves in or no the idea is that they will be spending the night after the mall closes in the mattress store Get where we're going with this. The magic happens. Yes. The old workbench. And (laughs) uh, the mall apparently has some big crime problem, and they have these robots that have recently been introduced that will attack uh, thieves, I guess? Is that what they're there for? I guess they're, instead of having human security guards... They yeah. have these. There's three robots, robots that are security guards, basically, which are not ice like ice. humanoid robots. It's not like no, they Robocop. look they look like Johnny Five from Short sort Circuit. Sort of, yeah, yeah, but even less human than that. Yeah, like they, well, like you said, they look evil. Like they're supposed. Yeah, to they be look evil. like they were designed to end humanity. Yeah, so they like after the they <laughs> roam the the corridors and they check for IDs. They're like hall monitors. Yeah. They're security guard. They're security robots. Yeah, so and they're equipped with various weapons. And then lightning hits 
the tower that yep. controls them so the all kids, in the mall. So the kids have kind of locked themselves in all for in a sleepover because some of the some of these young people work yes. at, at the store. Um, and they have this sleepover party in the mall. All Us Saved by the Bell. There's a great episode of Saved by the Bell where this happened. With no, There were no killer robots in that one, unfortunately. Um but yeah, although the robot did look like Screech's robot, remember from the beginning? Oh, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway. the, okay, so then lightning hits the controls of the robots, and yeah, they go rogue immediately. They yeah. go, and the very night that they're all sleeping there, yeah. yeah, they go rogue right away. And then the other element is that um, the mall security system will like completely seal off the mall. Oh yeah, there's like a lockdown. With, like, these like steel doors. Yes. Which is like, it, it, why is this mall, like <laughs> Fort Knox for some reason, uh-huh. like they're guarding the Cinnabon or something. Right. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. But no. then the rest of it is just the robots chasing the kids down and killing them in horrific ways. So that's it. And then the kids have to try to escape, obviously. So that's the story. Yeah. The premise. Actually. That's the story. And they, they really hit the ground running with it. So I feel like I already have a lot to say about that premise. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, you really like the opening to this movie. Yes. You want to kind of That's one of the main things I remember. What works about the opening or what how it opens, what you like about it? I love it because it's, well, number one, it starts with like a, it starts as though this is the movie. So it's got like a crook running down. Yep. He looks like like a stereotypical, he, he may as well have like a black and white striped shirt with like a bag with money on it. Uh-huh. You know? He looks like a criminal. And he's running away in the mall, and the robot does exactly what it's supposed to do, and asks him for ID. I don't know why it would do that, but and then it shoots him, and then the end. And then you find out that that was a film that they were watching, advertising the robots, and it's like a big press conference where they're releasing the robots to the public, and they're showing them all. This is what will be protecting us all, and this is they're basically like saying this is how the movie works and there's three robots there's three, three killer robots because they're each on a different floor and they're floor. about the size of like an r2d2 yeah. like that's what we're talking about here they're little they're little evil looking r2d2 things yep so what else where was it um well you described so they they do the little presentation video oh yeah okay so so then the guy who's running the show he basically says or he keeps getting questions that people are asking, like, why do we need this? What what happens if something bad could happen? And he's like, come on, what could possibly happen? And then the title comes up, Chopping Mall. Right. And I, that is what I remember from watching it last year. <laughs> and that's just a sign where you know, like, we're in good hands in terms of the filmmakers. They're not, they may not have all the tools at their disposal, but... They definitely don't have all the money at their they're disposal. They're aiming for the moon. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make it, yep. but... They're gonna have fun while doing it. Like right. you can kind of see what they're going for. Yeah, oh, definitely. They're, and they kind of they had a clear vision at least. I love that introduction. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the thing. And I think it, it really is all there in the introduction. And it um, does set the tone for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Too. And that's what I was gonna say. Like the tone of the movie is is one of this is obviously a silly premise, but it's also a movie that like it's it's. Almost, it is. Uh, I would say it's a horror comedy, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely it's definitely is, like a satire almost. I, satire is like a weird word to use with Chopping Mall, but it yeah. is kind it, of. It that very way. It has much that has a sense of humor. It's yeah. very silly. It's yes. it's very much having fun with this goofy idea. Of it wanted to do robots. this so it could film people dying in funny ways. 
ideas or like yeah. creative ways. It's just like, a goofy, simple, stupid idea and kind of a goofy, simple, stupid movie. But I think that's kind of why it works. Yeah. Now, the big element that's that truly like I, it seems almost silly to criticize the story of Chopping Mall, but seriously, like the element that is missing, we kind of touched on it before, is like why is this mall because this takes place in like the present day this isn't like yeah in the future like you know we have robots doing everything this is like and present a, day you mean 86 a, right a normal looking suburban mall why do they feel it's necessary to like create these robots who are capable of extreme destruction um Although, you know, of course, they're designed to not kill anyone. Yes. But they're certainly capable of doing so. Well, um, they can destroy debris. Right, yeah. There's there's this explanation of, like, so they have these, like, lasers that they shoot. And the reason they have the lasers is so that they can cut through debris. Like, As if the I, mall's constantly falling apart. I don't know, like, what... Like, I feel like this should have been, like, this mall is, like in the most like crime infested area or something. I feel like if they would have thought it out, that would have been in there. I feel right. like they just didn't like sweat the details of this right. one. They were like robots guarding a mall. Got it. Yeah. Like, but it's, but so... why would they guard the mall? Nah, 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 nah. Like the, between the robots and like the souped up technology and like the steel doors, like sealing off the mall. Yeah. Night, I didn't get that I'm just either. like, these guys are going like way overboard. Like, I don't know what, maybe like a, a, nearby mall had been like ransacked by hooligans or something like even that one justified no it's just so that to me is like the one story element even in this goofy yeah movie a... that i was just like okay they needed to add like a line of dialogue so this it still wouldn't make sense but it's like i can at least buy into the reality of this movie a little bit more so like that was like a glaring omission okay right away but, <laughs> I, I can't defend that one yeah um, but yeah, then uh, kids, uh, the, the, they really do kind of hit the ground running. The the, mm. the the setup happens pretty quickly. They're, they're, we're pretty quickly into this weird kind of vaguely sleazy uh, party that these kids are having at the yeah, mattress it's like store. A, it's like a grown-up swingers party it or is. something. It is. It's a or... little weird because it's, like, it's not like young teenagers. Like One is like a married couple. Yeah, they were, right? but they were the only ones that right. were like that. But I don't know how they knew And then, each like, other. they all are, like, you know, as the night goes on, they start, like, pairing off in, as couples. And, like, yeah. they're, like, having sex, but they're all in the same room in this store. Yeah. So it's just, it has this, it's vaguely sleazy. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be played as, like, a light sex comedy, but it's, like... It does. It just has this weird like vibe. It sounds like something that worked better on paper. Like yeah. they're, they're spending the night in the mattress store, and like you can picture what happened. But then actually watching what happens, you're exactly. Like, this is bizarre. Yeah. So there's you know, and there's some. This is def. I mean, this is like cheesy '80s horror movie 101. I mean, we got some gratuitous nudity thrown in there, um, and then you know the robots start killing people. And uh, what what do you think about, like, the kills? Like, how... Because I feel like this movie is called Chopping Mall. It's about killer robots. It's not a very complex plot. Like, what's your opinion about, like, how the kills... My only complaint it? is that they were inconsistent. Okay. Because some of them were really good. Uh-huh. And some of them were not good. I feel like there's one really good one. 
Uh, okay. And that <laughs> there's was, a there's an exploding head. That's exploding head. I always like a good exploding yeah. head. Yeah. But oh, then there's the a guy burn too. There's a full yeah, body there's a, burn. There's that a girl burning. Yep. Yeah. She looked good. Which and, was Barbara Crampton, by the way. Yep. Yep. And she. And the, there's the guy that falls from like the third floor or something like that, uh-huh. which is that's a good stunt. You don't see yeah. him hit the ground, but okay, it's, it's at least something different. But then there's the guy that gets his neck cut, and it's just like a little thing of blood. Right. And you can see like the makeup effect. Like, I feel so like there some were, of them there work, were, like, and some didn't. Two didn't. neck injuries. There were like two. Well, the robots grab people by the neck, and there were two. Oh, at the beginning, they did. Too. Yeah, and there were two electrocutions. Weren't yep. there? Dick Miller. Dick Miller got electrocuted. Who else got? Oh, the other, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't somebody else? The other, the guy on the cart. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> he, like, hijacked the little cart. Yeah, so, like, I actually felt like they should have went for it a little bit more yeah. with the gore. Yeah. Like, it's called Choppy Mall. It's got this great cover. I mean, I don't want to keep, I don't want to be, like, I didn't like it because it wasn't, like, the cover, you know? Yeah. And I did like this movie, but... I definitely think like yeah if if it's if this all this movie is is goofy kids running around getting killed by robots in a mall I mean let's really fucking kill these kids yeah. I mean I want to see but like, you can tell that they kind of they thought of that at least because there is a few things right in there. like well you're right they, you, they wouldn't bother putting an exploding head if they hadn't right. thought of that yeah like, well I, that, I guess that's the thing and you're right it's like inconsistent like i wanted more of that i kind of wanted like every kill to be like that you yeah know what i mean like, yeah. like this girl's head explodes this guy gets electrocuted but it's like he's fried to a crisp and this guy is yeah. like torn in two by two different robots or something that that doesn't happen you know what i mean like that kind of thing something like, memorable I w- I'm not like a gore hound, but in a movie like this, no, I'm really not either. No, but, but in a movie like this, like I wanted to have some more fun with the kills. Yeah. So I felt like that. It's like as long as we're here, let's t- take advantage. As long as we're in the mattress store, let's right. use the mattresses. I, so I felt like that element of it was a bit undercooked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in the food court. This is such a funny movie to like kind of critique on that level. To but, analyze. Yeah, but I mean, like. You know, is it like a hidden gem? <laughs> um, it's not really hidden because it's kind of a cult. Yeah, I think movie. this this is pretty well known. Well, we'll at the we'll we'll wrap it up with you know, when we get to the end. We'll we'll talk about do we ultimately recommend this or not? But um, it's a good fit for what we're doing. Yeah. So, well, what else? What else do we want to talk about? Um, we we don't know a lot about the cast. We mentioned a couple of. Again, cult, uh, you know, favorite actors. Barbara Crampton's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and they did put a lot of, like, cult actors in there for, like, what for what purpose? Like, if we're trying to... It seems like they're trying to make the ultimate, like, cult movie here. So, yeah, yeah you would want, like, the deaths and stuff yeah. to all be a slightly more ramped up from, like, a, a regular... Yeah, it's kind of like... It has such a great title. It has this goofy, fun premise. Um, it, it has... You know, the cult actors, um, it, it's just like all the elements were there, but it's just never quite. Yeah. It just, it, it stopped just short of really being what you would assume it is, which is like a really gory, crazy, over the top. I don't know. Maybe they were afraid of too hard of a rating. Maybe they just didn't I have think it was budget. I think it was just they yeah, didn't have right. time what and, they had. And budget. Yeah. This is a uh, a Julie Corman production uh, for Roger Corman's company. Um, the one actress I want to talk about and the one character I want to talk about for sure is is it Kelly Mulroney? Maroney. Maroney. Yep. Yeah. So do you want to talk about her a little bit? 
Um, I don't know what else there really is to say about her. I mean, mm. she's a... I wouldn't even say she's a scream queen, but she's kind of like a cult movie. Queen yeah, well, we know of two movies. I knew of her from Night of the Comet. Night of the Comet, which, which she great. basically plays the same character, and that yeah. came out a couple of years before this. Um, another, well, that one's not mall centric, but it's it's very eighties. They do have one sequence in a mall. It's a post apocalyptic. Yeah. She's story. a valley girl. That's associated yeah, essentially with about malls, like anyway. you know mall valley girl type cheerleaders saving the world. Um, and she essentially plays the same kind of character yeah. here. She seems like kind of a ditzy, kind of like mall rat. Um, and then as the story goes along, she, spoiler alert, becomes the final girl. You know, she's the last one left, and she really kind of becomes this kick-ass kind of heroine. That's actually my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. I know I said, like, the opening. That's just, like, my favorite scene, but that's right. my favorite. This sounds really bizarre, but my favorite part of Chopping Wall is her character arc. Uh-huh. Okay, it's like a, it's a little, it's a speed bump. It's not a huge yeah. arc. Well, she's the only one that but... has any kind of a... <laughs> Yeah, she has, she's the only one that has anything. I mean, there's a guy that chews gum. That's his thing. Yeah, you know? that's why, that's how we know he's a cocky asshole. I just like, I mean, you can see where it's going from the beginning. If you've seen enough movies, she's the shy, virginal character yeah, that's true. Yeah. who doesn't really know how to do anything. Right. Please, someone show me how to do it. Right. But I just love how far it's gone by the end. And it's, what, it's like 77 minutes? Yeah, it's 77 And, and she's, I remember her just, from the first time that I watched it, I remember she was just like, she turns into a fucking Rambo at the end. Right. She's like limping around and she like blows up one of the stores and she's shooting the gun. It's like, yep. I love that aspect of it yeah <laughs> i like her and she's good in it she's really good. oh yeah she's a really she's very cute appealing that, actress. that's she's a, a chopping mall scale though to keep it in perspective but i right. do like that they actually i, I like what they did with her character mm-hmm. they didn't do a, a crazy amount of unpredictable things or like, you can see where it's going but it worked i think Oh yeah, I I agree. I think she's definitely a highlight. She definitely. It's not like unearned. It's not like all of a sudden now she's like this. It's they kind of do build it up as well, it goes along. Well, and they along. do a lot of little clever kind of like setups. Like yeah. the robots have their catchphrase, which after they kill someone, they always say "Thank you, have a nice day," which right. is of course what they're programmed. How to say. ironic when yeah, they kill so you. Yeah, they say this friend. So I was like, okay, which is it. In the over the seventy-seven minute, it's overused. Time it starts to run a little thin, but then of course she yes. uses that line at the end when yes. she kills the last robot. Um, that I was guess, good. Did I guess it's going to so? be a spoiler-heavy podcast. We're not going to. Yeah, we'll, spoilers, we'll spoil it. By the way, so sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was good. And then even like you pointed out, like um, she gets that. What is it? A stick of dynamite or something? A flare. A flare. Um, vi- pretty early on. Yeah. And she kind of stuffs it down her her chest, and it's kind of like sort of funny and um, then forgotten about kind of by that point forgotten yeah. about by the end of the movie but then that comes back into it um the the nice shot and it wasn't like i feel like a bad movie it would just have her like walk into a store like oh hey look a flare and yeah. take it with her it was more like they were all loading up and she's like this could come in handy right. later on like and she like hid something you know like it kind of yeah. made sense yeah i agree with you it's um it definitely like you know these are the, these teens definitely do like or young adults i guess definitely do the like dumb horror movie kid stuff like they split up like three or four different times yeah of course um you know but yeah there are little clever little bits throughout the movie like that that show that even if maybe the characters aren't acting that intelligently the 
the filmmakers. Yes, are that's what I mean us. about feeling like you're in good hands. Yeah, there there is. It's a it's a dumb dopey movie, but there's a level of wit. There's a level of sophistication to the writing. I I know that sounds not the dialogue, but yeah, I know that sounds silly, but they they do take those the care to kind of set those things up in a way that it's not. It's oddly like it's kind of like a solid movie. That's what I was gonna say. It's I was just gonna say like it's a cheap movie. It's a silly movie, but it's not a sloppy movie. Yeah. Right. Like like the, these writers. It's like a little shack out in the middle of nowhere that's been standing for like twenty years. Yeah. It 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 yeah. It's a well put together little entertainment for yep. what it is. Um, like I don't think you could watch something like this from '86 now in 2019 and still have it have like the same effect. I mean, it probably would feel different watching this in the 80s, but now it's like if you can erase somehow like the 80s hair and the crappy, like you don't even have to listen to the dialogue. It's stupid anyway. Right. But, but if you, you can follow the story, what's going on and what happens. And I don't know. I think it works really well with like setups and payoffs and the runtime. It seems about perfect for it. And there's a little, there's a tiny amount of humor going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I like it. I really like it. Yeah, you you do. You really like this one. I yeah. like I say, it's a, to me, all the elements are there. I just don't know that it completely comes together. It, it's funny. It is only seventy seven minutes long, but I gotta say, by the yeah, end, there's a point after about maybe fifty minutes. Yeah, I'm like, okay, let's kind of wrap it up. Even that's though, where the creative deaths would have get, helped you exactly, along. Exactly, because because there really is definitely a point. It comes pretty early. We're like, okay, now it's just going to be robots running around killing kids. Yeah. And well, and stuff like them splitting up wouldn't get so old if they didn't do it like three times. Right. Do it once and deal with that. And then like, let's do something else. Yeah. Let's do something different. Yeah. So I think you're dead on. I think like there, there's not much plot here. So that's when you need to bring in the really exciting set pieces. But you think they would. Exactly. In a movie like this, exactly. with the way they sold it, with the character, the actors they put in it. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so uh, so like I say, and that's it just didn't quite push it. It didn't quite go yeah. there quite enough for me. So so even at 77 minutes, I did feel like <laughs> yeah, it I, was a little long. I, I, I felt a little that too right, towards the end. Right, Um well, well, there's a point, too, when it's like some of the characters have died. 77 minutes, you'd think you could keep this straight with, like, a small cast. Right. I was kind of like, wait, who's that? Did, who, yeah. who just died, like, five seconds ago? They're all ago? pretty like, interchangeable. Yeah. And it relies on cliche throughout, which is not in and of itself a bad thing. But it's like, you know, you've got the guy in the group who's, like, one girl is, like, cracking up under the pressure and like one dude's an yeah. asshole and it's like every you know they're like they've got that old saved by the bell problem too is where like why are these people why hanging out why is zach together? hanging out with or like even like happy days where like why is fawns right. hanging out with richie cunningham and his parents right you right, know right they're there to serve like their purpose in the plot yeah yeah so it's pr- the, i mean the kids are pretty much cannon fodder except for um our our final girl yep um, good old kelly yeah so god there's so little to this movie i'm just trying to think like what else is there to cover the the soundtrack is very very much oh yes of its time yes um i think you described it's it synthesizer yes yeah, it's, it's very it's just all synthesizer I was, yes. gonna, I was gonna say it's synth heavy but it's yes. just like there's no instruments on the soundtrack yeah it's hardly a score and you described it pretty well uh, it's like, 
like the Legend of Zelda music. Yeah. There, there's like a certain point in it where it does sound like that. Well, exactly. as soon as you said that, it's like it, the music completely was Nintendo music in yeah. my head. It was just like it completely that. Well, it's like she gets a certain whatever thing that she was getting or trying to get like uh, some object. And it sounded like, you know, when Link picks up the shield or yeah. something. Yeah. And we're talking the old 8-bit. Yes. <laughs> like, this is not, like, you Exactly. Know, this is, like, pre... I don't even know what they have now, but, yes. like... Yeah, so as soon as you said that, I was just like, oh, my God, that's, like, a perfect description of what it this is. This is, like, cheesy, like. cheesily yeah. heroic when it needed to be. And you know what would have been great for this movie, speaking of music? John Carpenter. What I think... Well, yes. <laughs> but, um... Like like another um, '80s horror movie trope, which is the rock anthem over. The oh, at the end, credits. yeah. That I would like. They did have the freeze frame montage though. That was which cool. I I like as I see. Yeah, because yeah, they got they had they were. They I don't were, know if I like it, but it worked in this. They movie. were struggling to get to that 77 minutes. Yes. Um, for the runtime, because this was. Believe it or not, the world we once lived in a world where this was released theatrically. There are a lot of foam packing peanuts <laughs> so in they, this they package. So they had to get this out. Uh, they had to hit that seventy-seven minute runtime. Yep. So they, I like when they show show the actors yes. at the end. The old again. Animal House ending. Yeah, with the and it has a, a post-credit sequence. Yes, it does. But not a sequence, but a, a it's moment. It's pretty good, though. A moment. It's pretty good. But that's what I mean, like, structurally. Like, that's the perfect little button. That's the perfect yeah. little tag that you would put on the yeah. end of the movie. It's, uh, if they hadn't overused it so much. Yeah. It's a, it's a clever, but I like when she brought cleverish. it back, when she said it. Have a nice day. I, that was As good. she's firing the... Like, it was good. Perfect. It was good. It's like this is functioning like a movie should function. Yeah. it was a re- It's a real movie. I don't know if it's yeah. a real good movie, but it's a real movie. I feel like they could remake it. Yeah. I, I wonder if they have. Have they? Oh, maybe that's something we should. Yeah, have we didn't into. do any research. Yeah. On that. We're, we're working on the research. We got a lot. You know, this is a work in progress. Well, you did some research. Let I me see your research. notes. Well, um, before, do you want to do kind of our final verdict on the movie, or do you want to okay. do notes and trivia? I think it's pretty clear what the final verdict is. But, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just put a, a bow on that then. So, so, and I like to f- to, um, you know, kind of frame this as. Because it's all about the dumpster dive. This is all about a celebration of physical mm-hmm. media. So if our fellow divers out there who are listening to this um, are out on the hunt and they come across Chopping Mall on DVD or Blu-ray, um, would you say grab that or just move on? I say grab it. In fact, I bought the DVD and I don't even know if there's a Blu-ray version, but I would buy the Blu-ray. I would upgrade to oh, as well. Okay, okay. wow. That's, That's a pretty strong recommendation for our first episode. Not only It's not Lawrence of Arabia, yeah. but it's I think it's a genuinely so fun. So not only I think it's a really quintessential 80s horror movie. Not only grab this if you see it out there, but even if the DVD is already in your collection, it's worth a Blu-ray upgrade okay well i'm sure all of our fans listen to this um if they've seen chopping mall they they're aware if it's on blu-ray or not they'll they'll let us know but if it isn't it has to be yeah if it isn't it it i guess i i think it it should be it deserves to be on blu-ray so i so i have a more measured kind of (laughs) did i go overboard on the movie no i'm I'm trying to temper it because i I, I know it's not amazing that you love it and i also would ultimately say if you do see this um on your dives may god help yeah grab it because because it is you're listening to a cult movie podcast right now this is i think a quintessential cult movie at least if you're into 
horror, especially 80s horror, which I do like. I do like yeah. that subgenre. There is just a boom. Yeah. Um, I, this seems like something you should have in your collection. Um, but I would say try to find it for under ten dollars yeah if well that's why you pick it up under... anyway because you're probably not going to find it for more than yeah that. that's <laughs> it's, true. it's almost that's guaranteed true. to be a deal and, and once i had it in my collection i think <laughs> i'd be good i don't think i need to do any upgrades or i think that would probably be fine i don't know how often i would revisit it um it's a fun movie to have it's a fun movie to have seen it's a, a movie if you're into cult movies you're going to want to know about it but ultimately is it that good? Is it as good as it should have been? Not yeah. really. Not really. So grab it, give it a watch with some friends, have a couple of beers, and then move on with your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready is, to move on. Is that fair? You, Jordan has Well, I'll, I'll say that, like, okay, so I watched 30 horror movies last year right. during October, and this is one of the few that I remembered. So that, okay. that's worth something. I to mean, me. that in and of itself is a, yeah. a ringing endorsement. It's a fun. It's a fun movie. I remember the the year that I was watching like a whole bunch in a row, and I was just like, like contemporary ones, maybe like two or three years ago. I was just like, God, these are all so dull, and I was just like sinking back in my chair. Uh-huh. We're getting to get a little off subject, but then I remember popping in Green Room. Remember oh, yeah. that? And I remember literally. I remember literally sitting up and yeah. like leaning in and like what am i watching now like that and that's one that stuck with me so okay it's not on the same quality as green room but it was it's the same type of experience it it stands up from the crowd a little bit okay maybe i just watched a really bad batch this year yeah no it's 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 definitely got its own little little flavor and stuff and well okay so we kind of gave our verdict on what we thought of the movie what the movie's about i don't think there's much more to say about the movie itself but um let's talk about what i like to talk about which is who made this movie? Who are these people? Why was this movie made? <laughs> Why does it exist? What's going on? Do you want to kind of, um, since this is your your um, pick, just kind of yeah. mention whatever you want to about the director or whatever? Well, the only and thing I, I know notes here. The only thing I know about him is so I have a, um, a horror. Well, it's not really a horror guide, but it's a movie guide book called The Bad Movie Bible, and they talk about... I mean, Chopping Mall is a fame. I knew of Chopping Mall before yeah. I got this book, obviously, but there's... Um, they featured that in there, and that's what made me want to buy it because I was reading an interview. There's an interview with Kelly Maroney in there, and she was talking about how she just, like, totally embraces it. Like, she yeah, loved being I've, in it. I've I remember... seen interviews and stuff with her talking about these movies that she was in, and she see, she's definitely one of these, like, she does the convention, she loves the genre, she loves the fans, yeah. she loves being a part I of it. I just remember reading it, and and they I think they asked her something like, if they ever did a chop... I guess they haven't, because this answers that. Okay, there you go. They asked, if they ever remade Chopping Mall, would you... Kind of, like, reticently, they're asking her, like... Right. You know, would you ever kind of think of maybe, like, being in it a little bit? Like, do a cameo or something for it? And she'd be like, I'd be pissed if they didn't ask Right. Me. I'm like, that is a great attitude to have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay, the writer and director, or co-writer and director, Jim Wynorski. Yep, right? Jim Wynorski directed Wynorski. Yeah. And he came out of the Corman School. I know that much. Yep. And he was one of the, he's, I, I always picture him kind of like as David Dakota. Yeah. Where if you're listening he, to this, you probably know who David Dakota yeah, is, too. Yeah, he definitely seems... When we'll... We will get to David Dakota. Eventually. I, I, you have to get to David We Dakota. don't have it planned, 
But I just knowing us and given the premise of this podcast, you can't avoid David Dakota. It's like running through the forest and not stepping on a twig. Like, but anyway, gonna, we're, okay. we're not talking about David Dakota. Jim, Warner, Jim Wynorski, but he's he's, he's like that though. He's where very he's very prolific. Just, he, he feels to me like the old school filmmakers, where it's Hell just yeah. like kind of like a, a gun for hire. Yeah, just like let's just shoot a bunch of shit and yeah. like let's just put it all together. But but he cares. But not about totally what he's clueless. Care, yeah. and cares about what he's not clueless at all. Yeah. Um, and cares about what he's making. He's talented in his own way. Oh yeah, I guess. But I haven't. I don't think I've seen any of his other movies. I just know that's kind of yeah. his reputation. Well, it, I think this is probably his best known. This is definitely his best <laughs> well or his most well known. This is movie. his big hit. Yes, and what a hit! Yeah, what a well, hit to have on your record. Well, yeah, and and the reception of this movie again. This is the quintessential cult classic. It was released theatrically. Did okay. I can imagine this doing well on video. Yeah, and that's where it made its its the reputation it has, yep. such as it is, was kind of becoming a cult favorite on video. Um, and we love video. You know, this podcast is a celebration of physical media. Um, so that's kind of like how the movie was received. Um, I don't know anything else you want to say about. That's kind of what I know about it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's really, like, I mean, I didn't do, like, a ton of research either. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Wynorski came up through the Corman school, you know, so he, he worked for Roger Corman in various capacities. Um, and I think, do you say this is his second movie he directed? I think it is, yeah. yeah that sounds is, right. So this is early in his career. Um, uh, in addition to Roger Corman, he's also worked with another cult uh, film director, uh, Fred Olin Ray. Oh, really? Um, in what capacity? Uh, well, we'll be getting to him too. So they're they're no, I know, but like yeah, they're apparently very good friends, um, and they've they've worked together in various capacities. Um, I I made a note here, um, noteworthy. They directed um, what what I assume is was an Academy Award nominee the year it came out, Scream Queen Hot Tub Party. Um, and they direct. I almost did a spit take. They directed this movie in one day, so that's a yes. little fun bit of trivia. So they were they were a little over budget that. Yeah. So. When they normally are. Um, but yeah, Wynorski, I mean, he, this guy is like he has done movies. He's always in the kind of B movie realm. Yeah. Um, but he has done all genres. You know, he's done kitty movies. He's done. Um, horror films definitely creature movies um he has apparently done um a series of erotic comedy parody films but all like straight to video stuff oh like yes. nothing you would recognize yeah but damn they're fun well, titles well yeah and i think with these erotic movies these are not i'm i'm assuming these are not like straight up hardcore it's like softcore stuff this is like the kind of softcore stuff that you used to be able to find in like cheesecake yeah, and like like blockbuster and stuff, and like yeah. um, they would show it like at late night television. But it wasn't it wasn't porn. It was they don't really make movies like this anymore. I don't think. But um, it's like Test Two yeah. Teens, the year two thousand. Like no, that the, kind of stuff is like mainstream stuff now. Right. Almost. Like before, you could just go on the internet and look at pictures of naked people. Right. Like these movies would give you a little bit of a. I don't yes. know I, I didn't watch these movies. <laughs> But I did jot down a couple of the better titles of these these types yeah, of films great. that Wynorski has done. Um, I actually wrote down quite a few, but um, well, I'll read what I wrote down. And so, Happy Scrappy Hero Pop. Uh, cl- he did do some puppy movies uh, for kids, <laughs> but he also directed uh, Cleavage Field, um, yes. of course, being a Cloverfield parody. Uh, the Bear Wench Project. 
parody of The Shining. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Paranocker's Activity. <laughs> you like yeah. that one? I didn't think that was one of the better ones. My two, no, I, I like it because it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> like, My two favorites, I think, are actually pretty clever, is uh, The Da Vinci Coed. That's good. That's pretty good. That's clever. And then my favorite, uh, The Devil Wears Nada. That's pretty good, too. That's good. See, those are clever. I like the other one because it's just not. <laughs> like Chopping Mall, I can't imagine these are nearly as good as the title. No. Um, but they're pretty fun. Uh, so that gives you an, an idea of what kind of career this is. He's a guy you'd like to hang out with. But he's got a following. You know, I, I oh, I'm only sure. Ever so really, does David Dakota. Yeah, I had only ever really heard of um, Chopping Mall. But uh, apparently there's a documentary. Um, that I gotta see. Yeah, kind of about him, but specifically about the making of The Witches of Brestwick. Um, Less clever. The, the documentary is called Papatopoulos, uh, which is one of the pseudonyms that Wynorski has made films under. Um, and apparently there's a lot of biographical material about him in this documentary. Um, so I, I wish we would have seen that. Like, he's still alive? Oh, yeah. He's still... Like, he's worked with Corman again, too. He's done some of, like, the stuff that's been on, like, the Sci-Fi Channel, I think. Like, like Dinah Croc and that kind of stuff. Okay, like, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know Dinah Croc fans if he actually did that one, but, like, stuff like that. Something so, like, like that. He's, he's just always in this world. He's one of these guys who's just, like... Like you said, like, David Dakota, Charles Band, like, always making these movies, as far as I can... I can tell he had his own production company for a little while. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of Jim Wynarski. Um, I hope, hope we're kind of pronouncing his name right. Um, Close enough. I do have some other trivia about Chopping Mall, if you want me to throw, throw yeah. out some... I'm some, liking what I'm hearing some so Some fun factoids. Um, a lot of people... You will appreciate this one, because you've been on a little bit of a, a made-for-TV movie kick. Have you okay. ever heard of a made-for-TV movie called Trapped? No. I okay. mean, but it has, like, that's a generic title. Yeah, you wouldn't so remember maybe. even if you watched it last I'm going to say no. Well, apparently, um, a lot of people say, like, he may have ripped off uh, Trapped when he made Chopping Mall. So it must have kind of, like, a similar okay. uh, premise. Um, Wynorski co-wrote Chopping Mall as well as directing it. So Trapped was, like, a year before or something? Or I, like... Yeah, I, th- I would assume it was somewhat recent but i'm not i I don't really know much about trapped but but people say he he might have kind of ripped that off but he says he's never seen trapped oh Uh, trapped is somebody else's yes okay okay. yes so trapped is a made for tv movie that has a similar premise um he claims never there's all kinds of that stuff in the horror never to have seen it halloween is exactly i kind of believe that the babysitter there's no original ideas you know there's only five plots they say so Um, but that's just kind of you know that's kind of out there Um, man versus nature and man versus killer robots right right yeah man versus nature man versus self man versus killer robots at the mall exactly yeah we we all know this exactly um, and, then, and then just some other fun little trivia uh, tidbits. We mentioned um, that Dick Miller is in the movie. Yes. Um, his character has the same name as his character in the cult classic, Bucket of Blood, another yes. Roger Corman movie. Um, there's apparently a lot of other kind of little um, tips of the hat to other Corman films. Well, we noticed um, in the restaurant in the mall, there were all the uh, posters, posters for yeah. other Corman movies. which, As you'd find in any food court. Yeah. Is- wrinkly posters thumbtacked to the wall right yeah. right at your favorite family restaurant right. you can dine next under to the slumber party of slumber party <laughs> massacre um not even a framed 
poster for a silver pretty mask <laughs> the movie was filmed uh primarily at the sherman oaks galleria which is also where portions of fast times at ridgemont high and commando were filmed oh fast times i can see it was supposed to be filmed at another mall commando, i don't know that well. they did use um the exteriors for in a couple of shots but i guess it was like too expensive to film there or whatever so you know the corman <laughs> that movie, goddamn budget the corman movie you know you gotta kind of make those dollars uh stretch as far as they can uh one of the working titles was robots and it was apparently briefly released as killbots that's the other title that i know of right which is a pretty good title it's well, not, it's more accurate. It's not bad. It's definitely more accurate. Uh, apparently, the movie did not do very well under that title. Was re-released as Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall is an amazing Great title. title. Did marginally better <laughs> until, again, it really found its audience on home video. Um, and that's about all I know about the behind the scenes of Chopping Mall. But I got to tell you, I, like I, lo- I love learning about directors like this i love guys in an odd way i have like more respect for him than like like any kind of random director you would pick out from any kind of like recent release movie not like big name directors but like just like the random director of some movie that came out that made a decent amount of money yeah these guys are like hungry for it and they're like really they're here for a reason and they want to do it and they do it and, it, and they it love works. it. And they, it doesn't work. Sometimes right. it does. They just keep going with it. Right. Like I don't know. I love it. I feel like that is like a true filmmaker. Now there's levels of filmmakers. Yes. Some are great, high functioning, like, yeah. super intelligent, and make high art. And then there's the guys that make like the throwaway movies all the time, and they right. just have a ball doing it. Like yeah. I love that. Well, that's what uh, Wynorski seems to be. So I hope that we come across. Um, some other Wynorski movies over the course of this podcast. I, I straight up want to see that documentary. I don't know how yes. available that is, um, but I've I would love to watch Papatopoulos. I would love to look into some of his other films. Is that the, just, that's the title of it, Papatopoulos. Yeah, yeah, I just I love guys like this. So um, I kind of like the movie, but I think I really like. Jim Wynorski, the director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be um, a fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, so that's why I mean that's why I like looking at stuff like this like who made this where did this movie come from you yep. know um so a, a julie corman technically uh film she she produced it but definitely if you're a roger corman completist but that's kind of like saying that papatopoulos made chopping sure. mall you know right, like right. Roger well Corman's... no i, I don't want to disrespect what what yeah julie corman i think produced this movie but it's definitely in well, the I Roger know, Corman. I know, but like the name I'm saying, yeah, like stamped in, on. Yeah, it's in the Roger Corman world yeah. for sure. So, um, so yeah. That's, she wasn't like a separate entity. Then. Yeah. So that's Chopping Mall. Um, is there anything else that we possibly could say about this? <laughs> no, we've said too much about Chopping Mall. All right. Well, um, I don't think I introduced the name of that little um, behind the scenes segment, but I, I think of that as the deep dive. Yes. Right? Like we're doing dumpster dive and... And when we talk about the behind the scenes stuff, it's the deep dive. Um, but after the deep dive, and after we've exhausted our conversation on our feature presentation, uh, we like to go beyond the dive. Um, and beyond the dive is where a little bit of freeform discussion at the end of the episode here. We talk about anything else related, not related, um, that we've been reading, watching, 
are interested in in discussing. Um, yep. you, and I I don't have a ton uh, this this episode, but um, well, why, why don't you go? You want me first? to go first? Yeah. I to be completely honest, I really haven't seen anything like seen any new movies that could be classified as cult movies that have like really. Excited. It doesn't have to be like the last thing that you watched. Yeah. You know? Well, I think I'll just I, be like whatever's on the radar. Well, what I want to mention is 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 first of all something I'm excited about that I want people to be on the lookout for, and depending on when this episode goes up is probably starting very soon or is up and running and that is uh the last drive-in with joe bob briggs and joe bob will talk about i'm sure oh yeah many we'll come back times. to joe bob um people know joe bob i hope um but the last drive-in with joe bob briggs coming back as a series that's going to run over two months uh double features every friday night on shutter uh the horror streaming service that has done a few marathons with him yes, um, over the past great. year or so. Yeah, that are terrific. He, when he the, broke the internet. The 24-hour marathon, the last drive-in, which, yeah, broke the internet, shut down their site for a while, but was ultimately wonderful. They did Christmas and Halloween mar- movie marathons with him. And now he's returning for what the format I really am excited about, a regular weekly series of double features a every Friday host. night. Love Someone the horror hosting. hosts. Uh, I grew up with Joe Bob on TNT Monster Vision, as I have to imagine a lot of people listening to a cult movie podcast did. Um, super knowledgeable guy. Um, quite honestly, a lot of what we're trying to do here is pro- probably safe to say inspired some could say ripped oh, off yeah. ripped off from well, what yeah. Joe Bob did on Monster Vision. So He's trapped and we're chopping one. Yeah, so I don't know uh, what any of the movies are going to be at this point. Again, it might have it's it starts at the end of what month is it? March. The end of March. Very end of March, runs through April and May. Um so it may be up and running by the time we get this posted or shortly thereafter. Um so definitely check out The Last Drive In with Joe Bob Briggs on Shutter. I'm going to be watching. I can't wait to see what the movies are. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to just quickly mention is um, the special effects artist, uh, John Carl Beekler, uh, who did effects for movies like Reanimator and I don't From even know his Beyond. name. You've seen his work, though. Oh, yeah, of course, uh, obviously. Ghoulies, uh, oh, yeah. all these great practical, a lot of creature effects, which I love. Okay. Um, he's directed a few movies too he did one of the friday the 13th movies i think part seven um he actually did the ghoulies sequel he directed a a, friday the 13th he did yeah he did um so so i mean if you know this guy especially if you spend a lot of time watching like special features on dvds like i do like you know this guy um he unfortunately has uh stage four cancer uh which he's fighting and we hope he's going to come through that um his family um, has been pretty financially devastated by this. So they have an Indiegogo campaign. I don't want to bring the podcast down at the end of this. That's right. That's why you're going first. I know. I don't this mean This is a hard act like, to follow. I know. I don't mean to be like, I don't want people to be sad. No, go. It's fine. Because we're hoping for the best outcome. He's not dead. The reason I'm mentioning it is because there is an Indiegogo campaign to help him and his family with the financial cost of this. This guy has done such great work. Yeah. I guarantee you we will be covering movies that he has worked on over the course that's of interesting podcast. alone that he directed a friday the 13th movie yeah. now i'm interested well i i, I just watched ghoulies recently and yeah. he made the little ghoulie creatures so i mean this guy is he's truly one of the greats of cult 
movies. So fun I feel song. like the least we can do is mention his Indiegogo uh, fundraiser in our podcast. What's his name? John Carl Beekler. I will link to this Indiegogo campaign in all of our social media, which I'm working on getting up and running. For sure, we'll have Facebook going by the time um, this goes up. So everyone check that out and donate if you can, or at least spread the word, right? If you can't afford to give something right away. So that's all I've got for the uh, Beyond the Dive this cool. week. What do you? What's on your mind? The, the thing that I want to talk about is um, Barry. Which is a series okay. on HBO that I've been oh, watching. Yes, I and I feel like it this. does fit into this a little bit. Okay. Because I started because I watched um, a series that's on IFC called Documentary Now. Yes. And it's with um, Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, okay. who I think are like two of the funniest guys to come out of Saturday Night Live from the past like 20 years. Like just really weird, offbeat senses of humor. Mm-hmm. And Documentary Now is a half hour show where they parody a different documentary and it's not even like obvious ones i didn't even know some of the documentaries they parody right well how it's many brilliant. documentaries are even well known enough to exactly parody? exactly <laughs> they, they present it as if it's a show that's been running for 50 years uh-huh. so helen mirren presents whatever <laughs> episode it is and they go way back to the first film ever filmed like canuck the, the <laughs> nanook the, of the north yep something? they parody nanook <laughs> or they do the they'll parody of the thin blue line uh-huh. which is like one of my all-time favorites yeah, so they do Aaron rock Morris. documentaries uh-huh. and they only have two seasons so far the third season is starting soon but it was just so fucking hilarious okay. like and so off of that <laughs> i was like well what else is, what else are these guys doing and then i saw that bill Hader, and i started like looking at his credits He's been in, he does voice work. He's done like every, he's in everything. Hmm. He's the voice of BB 8 in fucking Star Wars. Really? Yeah. I, well, uh, not that it necessarily has a voice, but right. he, he's credited he as like, and boops. yeah, he okay. like creates the noises and everything. All right. And he's in Inside Out. And, and apparently he worked for, or still does, he wrote for South Park. Okay. And for Pixar movies. Okay. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, what, what is this guy doing? And then I saw he created a series. On HBO called Barry with Alec Berg from Seinfeld. And I guess from Silicon Valley, too. I've okay. never seen that show. but I've heard of Barry. I've never yes. seen it. I've never seen Well, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up, because I don't hear a lot of people talking about okay. it. And it only has one season, and the second season is starting, I think, at the end of this month. Pretty soon. Okay. They're already done with it. And I just thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant. So what is it? A comedy? Uh... That's the interesting part of it, uh-huh. is it's... Um, so he's a hitman. He's like he's a low rent hitman. Okay. He's a former marine who's just decided he has become a hitman just because he needed to make money somehow, and he follows a guy to an acting class that he's gonna kill. Okay. And he discovers that this acting class is kind of like cool, and he'd rather be doing this than being a hitman. Huh. And so he's like trying to like fight. Like, should I? try to be an actor because he's like really good at killing people uh-huh so like they, they present it in a way where it's like he's really good at this one terrible thing sure and then he wants to be he ch- kind of wants to be an actor so he tries to do that and he's really terrible at it okay obviously because it's like he's trying to they're trying to bring out all these emotions from him right when he's on stage and he's totally like shut off and, but there's something about it that he loves there's he something loves about it that he's like he tried to get out of it because i've heard interviews with him and they explain it like the hitman job is like a a shitty job you yeah. know it's like 
It's you're you're like job. he's like a traveling salesman. That's uh-huh. like it's like so crappy. And the most interesting part of it to me was that their whole idea behind it was they want all the violence to be real. So they mm. present all the action and violence. When it gets dark, it gets really dark. Yeah, like it is a comedy. Weird, but it, yeah, it's so bizarre. But like, but like when the when the violence kicks in, actually, I think the comedy is the part that works the least. About it. Uh-huh. I think it works better when it like leans into it. Huh? It. I don't think it would work as good if it was totally straightforward dark. Right. But when stuff like that does happen, you're like. I can't believe it. They See, I love stuff this. like that. So did I. You know, one of my favorite filmmakers right now, and I we won't go into a whole other thing. We'll talk about probably talk about him in a later episode. But is Yorgos Lanthimos? Who oh yeah. Does, um, I've recommended so many of his movies to people, and they'll inevitably ask me, well, like, well, is that a is it a horror or a comedy? And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't have a category. <laughs> like, yeah. To this day, I don't know yeah. if movies like Dog Tooth are supposed to be funny or or scary. Um, but to me, that's a, a benefit. I know? guess ultimately I would say that Barry is a comedy. Yeah. That's kind of like what it's, it's kind of like the overall thing. Like the premise is right. kind of like a silly high concept. Yeah. Thing. But it, in a lot of ways, that's what I really like about it is that it's so simple. It's like a hitman trying to become an actor. Yeah. They find so that's many like little idea. things. Yeah. And I read one review for it and they said they keep, they find like new jokes to tell about that. Cause they're like. Then he's in, he gets involved with like a Chechen mob, okay, and they present them as kind of like they're just kind of like an up and upstart business that's uh-huh. trying to, but not in like a ridiculous way, kind of like in a believable way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're like they're doing their meeting while his daughter's like watching uh, Zach and Cody or sure, whatever sure, in the next sure. room. He's yeah. like, you know, we've made a few. Uh, advancements recently you know we've had some dollar stores open up and like they're, so, <laughs> they're really friendly about it but then when it flips and it turns dark it's like it gets real again uh-huh like it's just really interesting the way that that it's kind of like such a simple premise but they're able to like mine all that stuff out of it, it and sounds fascinating. and henry winkler is the oh i the, love him he's the acting coach yeah. he's great at he it is, too. he's cool yeah. there's it's like a great cast and uh steven root okay who i don't know if you know steven root he was um well, you didn't see Office Space either. He was. Don't tell people I haven't seen Office oh, okay. Space. I'm hosting a cult movie podcast. Well, that will be one that we watch then. But yeah, he was no, an no. he was the uh, the bad guy in Get Out, the the, oh, the okay. blind guy. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, he's in a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Got you. But he's he's Barry's like, he's like the go between, and was, like I love the character too because he's like Barry's dad's friend. So uh-huh. he's kind of like watching. He's great. he's like watching after him, but at the same time he's like. I remember from the fir- the first episode. I seriously, I believe that you could put it in like a movie theater and like present the first episode mm-hmm. as a movie. It sounds more like um, a movie, you know. But I think that's yeah. kind of like the state of TV now. Because there it's... are like weaker episodes, and but the, I heard the way that they wrote it, they they tried to make it. It's basically like a four hour movie. Got it. Like it's not supposed to be in pieces yeah. like that. But Stephen Root's character is trying to like. So Barry's like, oh, I think I might have actually found my purpose now. He's like, and then Stephen Root's trying to like talk him out of it. Yeah. Even though he's like his friend, like it's so it's such like an interesting idea that they like take in so many. I love it. Directions that you wouldn't think that it would go. Okay, so Barry, check out Barry. Yeah. So we'll, Bill Hader is awesome. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back uh, next time with the Barry podcast. No. <laughs> no, right. that sounds great. I was I excited to talk about it because no one ever talks about it anymore. <laughs> well, thank God we have a cult movie 
podcast. It was uh, all worth it. That we can have this platform to. to no, it really, tell the world. it no, really it is. Great. It's a good it series. It sounds absolutely great. Um, so yeah, maybe I will definitely try to get uh, trailers for that up on social media so people can check that out. And it's an H, like an HBO show. Or? Yep, it's on. I, H- I don't know how people. However, you watch TV these days. It's on HBO. I, I watch your apps or whatever. You know find this i watched it just through amazon prime i don't even yeah. i don't have hbo but yeah. like, whatever yeah. it's the same thing it's an hbo show cool. and the second season premieres i think it's the end of this month in march excellent and hey there might be a physical dvd out there for sale uh there is a dvd on sale so... which is really weird because there should be a blu-ray of it and there's only a dvd right. of it, so but whatever. you know when you're out there doing your dumpster dives one more thing to look for if you see it get it see it grab it um all right that's great i love that one that's great and any anything else or is that that kind of do it for the that's the only thing yeah. documentary now, documentary now and uh barry all right i love it sounds good well i think that brings us to the exciting conclusion of our premiere episode of dumpster dive um so yeah i the one thing we don't have and that i just can never come up with for podcast is like the final well catchphrase yeah so i guess what did we'll... they say in chopping mall oh perfect Thank you. Have a nice day.